That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Michelle Kwan. In 1996, the world was in the midst of a massive cultural movement that saw women finally taking center stage. Nowhere was this shift more apparent than at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. This audience was the loudest thing I have ever heard in my life. The noise, everybody's cheering, and we see all these USA flags. It was the most important summer in women's sports history. And team after team after team, the U.S. women kept winning. Basketball, soccer, softball, gymnastics. I just said, give me mine. Like, give me mine. Join me for Dear Media's Summer of Gold, presented by Together. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the very first episode of our new show, The Career Contessa Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and you might be wondering why the new name. And what does this mean for the show? Well, the short answer is not much. We will still be delivering helpful, actionable career tips every week. But I really wanted the name of the show to more accurately reflect the type of content that we deliver today. And honestly, our podcast is a great compliment, not a totally new direction from all the great resources you can find and have been able to find on Career Contessa for almost 10 years. While I loved the fun play on words with the females, it really reflected a time when the show was focused more on an interview series versus the weekly advice show that we are today. And this name change is kind of perfect for today's episode focused on values and how you can use them to make big decisions. I know the name of a podcast isn't exactly a life-changing decision, but changing the name was also to be more aligned with our values. Staying true to our mission and values at Career Contessa helped me make the decision to not use gendered language and to be more comfortable with pivoting the type of show we offered at the beginning of 2020. But what if I had been more murky about our values as a company or even my values as a person? I was able to make a confident decision because I was guided by my values. When was the last time you had to make a big decision? Did you use your values to help? If you're unsure, then be sure to stick around because today we're going to be joined by career and life coach Leah May, who will be teaching us not only what exactly values are, but also three steps to navigate big decisions with our values. Leah May is a career and life coach, recruiting and HR executive, 
and a career contestant coach. She's very busy, obviously, and very important. So Leah, what exactly are values? We hear this all the time, but I think people always get stumped on like, what is a value? And like specifically, what is a value? (laughs) Great question. So very simply put, values are the beliefs and the principles that uniquely drive and motivate us as individuals. This means they're different for everyone. The things that make me tick and that make me, you know, the most empowered and connected version of myself are probably not the same things that make you the best version of yourself. So values are not something we simply choose. They're inherent. Mm -hmm. They've been with us a long time. And, you know, as we evolve and pick up meaningful life experiences, our values may also But it's not a matter of simply choosing some words that sound good. It really is deeper and more meaningful what drive you and I uniquely as different individuals. Yeah. So I I think for me, what always gets me a little stumped on this question is the difference between strengths and values, because I've also researched and been told and, and hosted webinars where people are like, your strengths are things that you inherently have. They're not like, you don't go out shopping for strengths. You don't go out shopping for values and be like, well, I want that to be my value. So can you explain maybe the difference in those so that people have this really clear idea? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. Have you ever been asked to do something and you're really good at it? You're like, sure, I can do that. I know how I have the skills, but it doesn't light me up. It's not the worst time. Fully not here, right? And so to me, that is the easiest way. Like there's a lot of things I'm good at, but there are a few certain types and variations of things that really light me up. And for me, that's a big uh, green flag that I am working in my values because I'm inherently lit up, connected, excited, energized. Yeah. Energized. Yeah. Versus being good at something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think that happens a lot with people with jobs too. Uh, I hear this often with whatever their first job was. It was kind of like, you know, maybe out of college, they went to a career fair and they just happened to fall into this job and then they were good at it. And like literally 15, 20 years goes by and they're like, I'm still doing this and I'm really good at it, but I've hated it <laughs> since day one. And I never, you know, seeked it out kind of thing. So that would be an example of what you're, you're saying where like the person's good at it, but maybe they're not energized by it. And you did say that values do evolve. Can you give me an example of like a value? Like what, what are your values? Let's, maybe we'll just start with that. Sure, sure. And we'll talk about this in a bit. We also have different layers of values. Like my driving values probably won't change. Like my personal driving values are, you know, creativity, curiosity, freedom. Those are things I've always craved and needed both personally and professionally. Mm. But an example of a value that's evolved, like I have a really strong value towards social justice that has evolved as I've grown as a person, as my experiences have put me in different situations. Now that is really strong and almost feels equal, but I did, I wasn't born into that value. I didn't know those things. So that's an example. One's inherent. The other one I've picked up along the way. Mm, so, so there's like different levels of values too, like your, your drive levels you were saying, right? So the way that I classify it is like, there's these driving values that if they're not present, I'm not a happy camper. And when they are, I can feel really grounded in who I am. Then there's what I call supporting values. So these are things that are important, but they're not as loud, if you will. And then even below that, there's extended values, things that I believe in, pieces that kind of make up the whole puzzle, but I may not need them every single day. 
right? Mm. They need to be in my life, in my periphery, but they don't have to be in what I do for eight hours a day, for example. So I kind of make it as a pyramid so I can understand how do I fill my driving values? And then what else do I need to know about myself to ensure that I'm curating life or career that feels really connected to who I am as a person? Well, that was going to be one of my questions is like, are you expecting all these values to be fed in the workplace and in life? And it sounds like you not only have layers to your values, but then it's almost like you're assigning the places where you might be getting them. For for example, freedom, you said, was something you really like to have at work and in your personal life. And I'm thinking a lot about people with like, you know, having agency over their own schedule or their own time has obviously become something we maybe experience even more with remote work. And so that's something I think people want in both places, right? Absolutely. And so for me, freedom is a driving value. I need it in every area of my life. When I don't have it, I feel claustrophobic. I start to rebel. Uh, Put me under a micromanager. (laughs) It's not going to go well for either of us. I I will be really disconnected from that driving value. So that's one that's non-negotiable. And like the opposite of that would be a person who maybe their value is like they really crave structure. They really love to know that they're checking off the boxes and uh, so... There are, believe it or not, people, there are people out there who really love micromanagers because it makes them feel like they're they're getting everything just right. And someone is kind of like constantly giving them feedback or, you know, watching over. Right. Absolutely. And someone also who maybe has a value of, you know, stability or routine. Mm, Yeah. They don't want the variability of what's next. I have to create it. Like they want that yes. safety, that trust. And so those are other values that might come into play where having a more engaged manager is actually going to feel really good for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think also uh, knowing what your values are, and I know I said it kind of in the intro, but it really has helped me. It's helped guide decisions I've made, like when you come to kind of those forks in the road or um, there are times where I'm overwhelmed. Maybe I have decision fatigue and knowing what your values are can really help with that. Now you're obviously the career coach extraordinaire. So you work with a lot of people who probably don't know their values. And I'm curious, can you give us like a before and after idea of like before what people are like when they don't know their values and they're in the workplace and maybe what their challenges are. And then after they do this work. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the before is really doing what is put in front of you as the next right thing. So I work with some very senior folks in their career, maybe they're directors or VPs even, and they've always just taken the next right promotion, the next salary increase. And on paper, it looks and sounds good. So they, but you know, they just think that they're going through life the way it's meant to be. They're making pros and cons lists. That's another uh, big sign of someone who's maybe not as clear on their values because they're just listing everything out equally, pros and cons. Yeah. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but that can lead to a lot of overwhelm. I spend a lot of time in my mind being very analytical, and I could sell myself on a pro or a con list very easily. Yeah, that's true. And the same for, you know, the same thing that's a great choice for me may not be the best choice for you. And so this is where a pros and cons list, it it falls a bit short. Now, after you've done the values work and you can very clearly say, these are the three values that I'm looking to enhance in my life. And this is why I would leave this opportunity on the table, Mm -hmm. or this is why I would ask for, you know, this type of project where maybe I'm leading creative work and not 
that kind of project where maybe I'm stuck in some of the details or the data. So once you are able to name it, you're able to make really clear decisions and understand why certain choices feel better and why others feel worse. So mm. it's a whole new level of awareness. Interesting. I know it's it, the word self-awareness is coming more and more into workplace decisions than I feel like normally when we've talked about self-awareness, it, it makes you feel like you're in a social setting. It's like, be self-aware that, you know, there's a person behind you trying to get around or something like that. But um, self-awareness is how you're able to, to your point, like leave one job and go to the next one and be confident that it's the right fit for you. I mean, so is the order of operations sort of like you do the work to determine uh, what your values are. And then there's, a, a, and I know we're going to, by the way, everyone, Leah is going to teach us how to use our values to make these big decisions. But I'm just curious, like, what are the tools in the toolbox? It's like, you have to know what your values are and then what you have to filter through them when you are making big decisions. Are these like the two things you have to be able to do? Yeah, I would add a third though. So I think, you know, knowing your values and naming them, number one key skill that you can learn to enhance personal or professional life. Uh, but then two, especially in, in the career bucket, understanding your priorities. Because mm. if my values have not changed from when I was in my 20s to when I'm in my 30s, but my lifestyle has, my priorities have, those have to be taken into consideration as well. So mm-hmm values, then priorities. And that's how we create this decision-making filter. Mm, I love the idea of it being like, you know, those quizzes that we used to have in like 17 magazine where it was like, (laughs) if this, then you go to that direction or that direction, like this is what I'm envisioning. I'm like, everyone needs to have this, you know, decision filter in their world. Because I think a lot of people are at a crossroads right now with big decisions. Like as life, you know, we're in this post-vaccine world where, do you stay at the job? Do you stay in the city? Maybe you relocated for a period of time. Like, do you feel like this is a, there's a sense of urgency happening right now with people and decisions and, and trying to decide, especially like maybe reexamining like what my values were, because I almost feel like before COVID, it's like the world was moving so fast that these were things I wanted to do. And maybe during COVID, I had more time to reflect on this stuff. I'm just curious in your work, do you feel like there's more people coming to you wanting to to do this as they it's almost like as I move forward I want to make sure I get it right in this new version of me you know absolutely it's almost like forced introspection right because or maybe I would do this on vacation or maybe I would do this you know talking with some of my girlfriends on a weekend but the world was much noisier then. Yes. Now everyone's had time to be alone with their thoughts a lot of us working remotely And it's really put the world in a different perspective. And some folks are getting called back to work and realizing that's not a place that I thrive in office. Mm -hmm. And other people are realizing, you know, I cannot wait to get back. I need that social interaction. So I think in a way we're kind of uncovering our values, maybe without naming them, but we're starting to see some things are really working or some things really aren't going to work moving forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Ana Luisa. Ana Luisa is home to sustainably crafted jewelry that brings joy to those who wear them and to those who make them. With their simple yet stunning pieces, Ana Luisa gives you all the building blocks for your accessory wardrobe. Earrings, necklaces, rings, or bracelets. Ana Luisa has what you're looking for. Prices start at $39 and you can get 20% off with their summer sale going on right now. 
I'm a fan of the Ana Luisa necklaces. Whether you are looking for your birthstone necklace, want to get a statement look with a layered necklace, or need to update your essentials with a new gold necklace, Ana Luisa's necklace collection is where your wishes come true. Plus, one of my favorite aspects about Ana Luisa is that all of their pieces are earth conscious. Every piece is consciously beautiful, meaning their collections are released in limited run, small batches each Friday to ensure highest production standards and eliminate excess waste. Their designs are intuitive and thoughtful, simple pleasures to look at and live in. And again, you can shop all of their beautiful pieces right now for 20% off with their summer sale. I absolutely recommend checking out Ana Luisa. As I mentioned before, their prices start at $39. And if you go to our special females link, you can get 20% off their products. Go to shop.analuisa.com backslash females son to learn more. That's shop.analuisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com slash females son, F-E-M-A-I-L. S-S-U-N to learn more. All right, one more time. That's shop.analuisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash females son, F-E-M-A-I-L-S-S-U-N to shop their summer sale going on right now. So I probably know the answer of this already, but is there any guarantee that if we know our values, it's going to be easier moving forward to make decisions or easier to feel like a sense of calm. I mean, like, what, what am I getting at it? Like once we do this work, which you're about to teach us how to do it, but like, once I do this, what do I get out of it other than like knowing what my values are? Yeah. Great question. So the two biggest payoffs for me is it allows me to intentionally make choices. I'm not weighing pros and cons and hoping I got it right, but mm-hmm. I'm really understanding Um, why I make certain choices and why I've made past choices. So that intentionality, I think is the first thing. Um, And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just breeze through my career and see where I land. Like I want to have agency uh, and purpose with that. And then the second thing that I find when people do this work is the overwhelm goes down significantly. Because Mm. once you have a value that you're weighing a decision against, it's much more clear than a pro or a con. Again, my mind can overanalyze pros and cons list all day long. So yeah, intentionality and then really having the clarity um, and the confidence in how we're making decisions, I think is huge. Yeah, I agree. I think you avoid some of these common career traps. One is busyness is a badge of honor, like busy, go, go, go versus to your point being intentional. The other one I think you avoid is the comparison trap because as you pointed out when we first started talking, what are my values and what works best for me isn't going to be best for everyone else. And I almost find that when people are overwhelmed, what they do to turn for answers is they go look and see what other people are doing to help them, you know, solve for, for their challenges. So uh, the, the to your point, you're, you're getting a lot out of this work. So now you're going to teach us how to do it <laughs> um, because I wanted to make sure people are like, because this is an easy work. And so I do think sometimes you almost have to know like what's the payoff going to be in order to stick with the process because, you know, no one can just book a session with you and Leah snaps her fingers and clicks her heels and you come up with like, here are your three things that will be with you forever. And so, you know, sometimes I think it's good to remind yourself of like why you're doing this and what the payoff is, is that you avoid some of these traps and these traps, like the comparison trap. I mean, that 
really does make people overanalyze. They get overwhelmed. They feel burnt out. They feel stressed. They feel their self-esteem and their confidence go down. So, I mean, I, I think this is, this is great. I mean, have you noticed that as well? Oh, absolutely. I am actually working with a client now who was really upset. Their colleague just got promoted and they didn't get promoted. And had we not been working together, they were about to go through this whole exercise of convincing their boss that they, you know, this whole thing of moving up the ladder. And we did the values work and uncovered. They they actually don't want to move up the ladder. They're yeah. creative and they want to go over here altogether. And they would have sunken into a lot of work, a lot of time and effort for something that they didn't actually want, but they thought societally, like yes. this role for so long. So I guess I am supposed to be there. Yeah. The next I relate week. a lot to that. I totally, I totally follow that. Okay. So let's, let's have you teach people how to actually use their values to navigate and, and kind of make it through these big decisions in life. So uh, what's the first step? Sure. So the first step is to name the values. Now that sounds really easy, but it's actually a pretty in-depth process. When I do this work one-on-one, we'll spend three sessions sometimes just on uncovering values. So it's deep. Um, For that reason, I've shared um, a workbook that we'll link in the show notes, how to really go through this process when you have hours of time. But for today's purpose, we're going to give you the shorthand, which is simply naming the values. We'll look at both the, your past history, uh, what worked really well, when were you the most lit up? And it's important to note, these aren't just milestones, graduations, promotions, et cetera, but these are those really quiet, small moments when you're you know, with a group of friends on a Saturday afternoon, like what is it behind that moment that is making you feel connected and, and you're happiest? So we mine all of your past experiences and we look at the lows too. When were you not feeling fulfillment? When were you not feeling connected? Because both your highs and your lows are going to give us lots of indicators of what's going on behind the surface. And that's the goal is to really understand what values have been with you all along. So we'll go through that process to name them. And then you're going to have a whole page probably full of words and ideas, and there's going to be way too many. Um, And then from there, we'll kind of mind those down and understand what are the driving values, those things that I need and crave in my everyday, what are supporting values and extended values. So we just start to put some language around understanding how our minds work. Mm -hmm. I think of this as like the mini milestones. So for example, the milestone might be the promotion, but the mini milestones that helps you, or, you know, if we're going to use my language, like the the power moves that helped you work up to that big milestone, right? So uh, the positive feedback that really uh, got you excited, the project or the client where you were getting to use your creative juices to come up with a campaign or whatever. I'm just thinking off the cusp, like since it's interesting, I, I'm now reading about like kid stuff and it, you know, it's like, well, before a kid walks, like they crawl and before that it's about like, can they, you know, put one hand in the front and the left hand and then the right hand. And it's like, when you think about it, that's how it is at work too. You don't just become the walker, you crawl. And before that, you learn how to maybe manage a client or pitch to a client or something like that. So I think it's, it's in it. And also just you guys know in uh, Leah's workbook that we're going to put in the show notes, she even has examples of values because if you're like me and you like to have a lot of visual examples and things to like kind of help, that's one of the nice things about your workbook as well as you'll say, 
here's an example or like a list of values. Maybe you can, maybe some of these align with you. Could you, if you have it in front of you, or if you remember some of them, could you list off like, what are five examples of values? Mostly because selfishly, I like this kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm such a visual learner, everyone knows. <laughs> Absolutely. And and there is, I think there's about a hundred different values to choose from. And, and you can, you know, obviously make up your own, but a few that are listed in the workbook, innovation, structure, leadership, storytelling, autonomy, for example. Mm, yeah. Okay. Love them all. All right. So step one is name your values. So obviously that's a little bit of a part one and part two. You got to figure them out by doing this work and then eventually narrowing them to naming them. How, how many values should people name? Should it be like three, five? What do you recommend? Yeah, I find that most people usually have like a core, I would say three to five as the driving ones, really any more than that. And it's it's just going to be, you're going to fall into those supporting or extended values. Um, I would say for me, I've got like four, creativity, curiosity, freedom, and adventure. Those are showing up all day, every day. And then I've gotcha. got a bunch of supporting, but my driving ones are going to be a much smaller list. Okay, good. Um, okay, step number two. So step two is listing your priorities. Um, So considering your current stage of life and the needs as well as desires that you hold, um, you know, a lot of what came up in the pandemic was work-life balance. Do I want remote flexibility? Some people are craving mentorship. Um, Other people are craving to step into leadership. Uh, Maybe you want to learn from a larger team, or uh, maybe you want to build a diverse skill set to be a generalist and and not um, an expert in one thing. So there's a lot of different variations of what might be important to you. And again, this is the piece that changes most often. Where I was at my career, you know, 10 years ago, even though those driving values are the same, it shows up differently for me now um, that I'm in my 30s. So understanding what's important to you um, helps us kind of put, create that second part of the filter. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I have a friend who she's a VP at a, a startup that's becoming much larger. You know, like during the pandemic, they grew, they raised a bunch of money. And um, we were talking the other day and she's like, my value is that I don't want to be the manager. I don't want to be the leader anymore. Like I really enjoyed doing the work and my value is in sort of being, being the team member who's like working to build the thing. And she feels like as the leader, she's constantly on the outside trying to like do the pep talk and work with people. And I think obviously during COVID leadership took on a whole new realm of responsibilities. And I think that's really interesting too, is that like, things might even shift based on the experiences that you're having within your company. If a company starts to grow dramatically, if, you know, the boss you had leaves, you know, like the CEO leaves, if, for example, you become a manager or you aren't the manager, this stuff can really, I think, manifest differently uh, depending on like the environment you're in as well. Absolutely. And it's it's so much bigger than is this company a good match for my values, but it's down to the role, the team, the manager. And, and, you know, eventually how you're spending your day. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is where I think values work becomes the most impactful because it doesn't have to mean this is a fit or it's not a fit. If I can say, if I understand my values, how do I get more of X, Y, and Z in my current role? Yeah. That's where yeah. I can start to flex some of my autonomy. And so again, have, having that information is, is the first step. And then what's step number three? So then step three is really creating a decision-making filter. So again, this is where traditional pros and cons kind of go out the window because we're actually giving weight to our values and our priority. It's not an either or, it's like a both and. So when we go to make a decision, 
each choice goes through this filter. Let me first filter through my values. And if there's a deep conflict that this is a heck no, all the way in the opposite direction, then we, we can pretty easily say, okay, that's not the choice for me. But more often what happens is it kind of works. Like our minds can make this decision make sense. It might hit some values and it might miss others. It might hit some priorities, but it might miss others. And this is where having that awareness and having the context and language for this decision works really well for my value of curiosity and creativity. It doesn't give me as much freedom as I want. Mm. Am I willing to make that trade-off? Am I willing to see how I could build that in the role or, you know, ask to change certain things or maybe even fulfill it outside of my nine to five if that's not, if it's not available in the job? can I create the spaciousness for it outside? So this is where I start to have choice. It's not always a yes or a no. Sometimes it's a, it's about a half match. And what do yeah. I want to do with that? Mm-hmm. So using values, then layered with priorities and whatever comes through that, then you can have an honest conversation. So with people making their decision-making filter with this, the idea is obviously it's going to take away some of the fatigue and overwhelm where it comes for making a decision. I think touching on your point earlier about like, societal pressures like I think a lot of times we make decisions because they sound good or they look good or it's like well this is what I'm supposed to want this is what I should have does this help to avoid that or are those kind of one of those things where like look this makes me think of someone who's like dating the wrong person but when they're in love they like justify that this is the right person but then after they break up they're like oh they were never the right person to begin with and it's kind of like can the same thing happen where your brain can trick you into justifying something, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think it's much easier to do that then when you don't have an understanding of values. It's mm-hmm. fairly easy to talk ourselves into the choice that feels good on paper. Does it mean that our brain isn't still going to want to do the comparison, but oh, but that promotion really would look good on my resume. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we're going to be void of that feeling, but it does mean we can have um, context for if we say no, why we made that choice. And then we start to create evidence the other direction. Look at all of these times I've honored my values and how that has worked out for me. Yeah, And so it doesn't necessarily make it easier, but in a way it does. I think the awareness is, is the piece that we're adding here. And then you have the choice. Yeah. I know for me, one of the things that happened during the pandemic is for Craig Contessa, you know, we lost a lot of brand sponsorships. That's one of the ways that we make money to run this company. And we lost a lot. And it was sort of like, okay, what are the other ways that we can make money and and kind of pivot this business model? And I'm really grateful. I'm very uh, aware of what the values are of Career Contest of the company, because for example, one of the things we could have done is we could have made like a membership website and start charging people a bunch of money to, or put up a paywall. But one of our values is, you know, being able to provide as much free access to information because we believe that the more people who have this information, um, the more women will be able to thrive in their careers. And, and so using our values helped us be able to like cut out all that noise. And I'm sure everyone and their mother remembers that like there was like a gazillion membership sites popping up left and right when COVID first happened. And what we did instead is we put ads, display ads on our site. So we're monetizing and able to make up not all of the revenue, but make up some, but still keep most of the content free. And that was like a values-based decision. Could have done this, could have done that. 
but knowing your value is to provide as much free content as possible helped us kind of ignore those things right away. And, and it does, it allows you to make decisions pretty quickly. And I would say also feel much more confident that you are moving the right direction, or at least, like I say this a lot, like staying in your lane. And I think that's actually when you stay in your lane or stay true to your values, I really do think it brings some peace of mind and you don't do the thing where you're like jumping all over the place. So like the job hopper, the who's always looking for greener grass, the person who's always launching something new in their company. Like I think of those are prime examples of people who are really unclear of their values and they're, they're kind of like looking around constantly. And I think that is if, if people are following the picture I'm painting, it's like that is what you have to look forward to with this work as well it is being able to kind of stay in your lane and, and feel good about that. Even though, you know, lanes, you know, roads curve and they and they twist and there's U-turns like it doesn't mean it's just a straight and narrow all the time either. Right. I think it, it just takes the guesswork out of it. Like instead of rolling the dice on a decision and I hope I got it right you're really putting intentionality behind it and saying, this is why I made that choice. Yeah. And you're always allowed to change your mind and, and make a different choice later. Yes. But I think there's so much freedom in just having that confidence in yourself. And especially if you're someone who tends to look outside of yourself for the answers of boss, a manager, books, podcast, et cetera, it just gives you so much power to take that back for yourself and say, no, I understand my values. I understand what I'm creating. And it's one right step at a time. Yeah. Love it. Well, Leah, thank you so much for sharing and teaching us about this very abstract idea of values, which I think is people get hung up on, but you've really have simplified it. Um, share where people can find you and follow you and uh, work with you if they want. And, and don't forget everybody, her, her free values workbook. We'll put the link to download that in the show notes as well. Amazing. So the best place to find me is my website. It's leahmaycoaching.com. Leah is L-E-I-G-H-A. So leahmaycoaching.com. You can also catch me on Instagram, lmaycoaching. Um, and as Lauren mentioned, that workbook is for you in the show notes. And it is like a juicy 20 page yeah, book. So it is in depth. Uh, and I hope that you'll all take the time to, to take a look um, if values are interesting to you. Yeah. Thank you, Leah. Thanks so much, Lauren. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you know what to do. Please leave us a review and rate us. They help our show so much. If you want to learn more about Leah, download her values workbook or book her for one-on-one career coaching, head to our show notes for all the links. Lastly, thank you to Leah for sharing her advice and wisdom today. 